A week from now, the camp season will end. What then begins? Real clothes, riding in cars, talking on a phone, listening to whatever music we want, watching TV, playing video games, ordering out food. You have lived without those things for six weeks. Ask yourself, has their absence made you happy or unhappy? Think about your life beginning a week from now. Every day you will have to decide what clothes to put on, how you will get around, who you need to call or text, what you want to listen to, what shows you want to watch. In comparison to your life at camp, I think it is fair to observe that life at home has more choices. Your life here has had more simplicity. In the morning, you basically have to decide t-shirt or sleeves. Simple. Has that simplicity made you happy or unhappy? Perhaps we could better answer this question if we had a common understanding of happiness. How do you define happiness? At first, this seems like a very simple question, but very few of us take the time to really answer it and to build our lives around that answer. Everybody's been happy at some point. We all know how that feels. Maybe happiness is just an emotion, the opposite of sadness. Anger is an emotion, excitement is an emotion. Yet happiness is somehow different from emotions because it is something that we seek. Most emotions just happen to us whether we like it or not. When we feel fear or a sudden burst of joy, we often don't have very much choice in the matter. So happiness seems to be something we're looking for, but though we may feel it, it is not exactly a feeling. Many people believe that happiness comes from possession, that it comes from having things, so therefore the more things you have and the better those things are, the happier you will be. So our pursuit of happiness becomes a pursuit of things. That's why many people think they're in school. You go to school to get good grades so you can get into a good college. You go to a good college so you can get a good job. You get a good job so you get paid well. You get paid well so you can have and possess the best things and a lot of them and finally be happy just before you die. The people with the giant house, the nice cars, the suit for every day of the year, they must be happy. Yet something seems wrong with this definition of happiness as well. We have few possessions at camp, and many of them would not qualify as luxurious beyond the hillside. Dana is no Beverly Hills mansion. Stanwood doesn't even have four walls. Our favorite free time game involves hitting an old tennis ball with our bare hands against ancient wooden planks on cracking concrete. I don't think many of us would brag about our clothes outside of camp, and I have yet to hear someone jealously say, bro, have you seen Mr. Michael's Memhall shorts? Those are sick. <laughs> Here, we are rich in what we can live without in terms of possessions. And yet, we've experienced happiness here. 
A third definition that many people base their lives on is that happiness equals pleasure. When you eat good food, it is pleasing. When you relax into a comfortable chair, it is pleasing. When you hear a good song, it is pleasing. When you play a video game, it is exciting, and that excitement is pleasing. So the pursuit of happiness becomes a pursuit of pleasure, and something we seek immediately, everywhere, and seek in large quantities. Another way of looking at that is that happiness becomes the absence of any inconvenience, suffering, or pain. If something is difficult or slow, it becomes something to be avoided because it won't yield any pleasure, so why bother? Taken to the extreme, the happiest person here would be relaxing on a couch in Eastbourne, getting a foot massage, eating as much lamb as possible, and eating it out of one of those sweet cowtail mugs. Pleasure, however, doesn't last. It is like a small candle that burns itself out quickly after it is lit, leaving the room dark and cold again. Pleasure is great, but it is a short-term phenomenon. It is here and gone. Happiness is something deeper. Something you are truly happy about today will bring you happiness years from now. Think of the long walk or a hike you completed this summer. At the time, it might not have felt that pleasurable to be grunting up a mountain, but the feeling at the top, the feeling at the end, there's happiness there. And if you search your heart, you can still sense some of that happiness now. It might have lessened, but it has not vanished. Happiness is not the beautiful uh, bloom in the spring that dies out in the winter. It is something deeper in the nurturing earth itself. Some people think happiness is popularity. If you can get everyone to like you, then you can feel good about yourself and be happy. If everyone didn't like you, you would be sad, right? Not happy. So happiness can become a pursuit of trying to please others, to gain their approval, placing the source of our happiness in other people's hands. However, this idea also seems impossible. We can't make everyone like us all the time, nor when we think about it would we really want to. One last thing people often mistake happiness for is power. If I'm in charge, they say, if I'm giving the orders, if I could have everything my way and under my control, if those people would just listen to me, I would be happy. But think if that is really the case. This summer, what were any of you in charge of? Whether a new boy, 16-year-old, counselor, or director, could you control other people? I think inspection results tell us otherwise. If I could control all of you, we would have no need for inspection. And I wouldn't want to anyway. What were, the, what were we then in charge of? What power do we really have other than over ourselves, our thoughts, and our actions? Each of us has influence, but none of us has much power over others, if any at all. And yet, we have experienced happiness here. So if happiness is not a feeling, it does not derive from possession, it's not the product of pleasure, it's not generated by popularity, 
and has no basis in power, then what is it? My favorite description of happiness comes from Aristotle, who defined it as activity of the soul in accordance with virtue throughout a complete life. Activity of the soul in accordance with virtue throughout a complete life. I would suggest you've experienced that type of activity this summer and that it is the source of the deeper happiness you feel now as our season begins to draw to a close. Let's break down that definition a bit. What do you think Aristotle means when he says we should be active in accordance with virtue? What do you think that means? Rabbit? Aligning your behavior with your values. Aligning your behavior with your values. Other thoughts? Max? Stopping and thinking. Stopping and thinking about who you want to be. Pip? Doing the right thing even when it's the harder thing to do. Doing the right thing even when it's the harder thing to do. To me, as many of you just said, I think he means living our lives according to a set of values that bring out our best. That is what we strive after here. We have been just here trying to view people based on what they do, how they treat others, not by the clothes they wear or how much wealth they have. We've been moderate, avoiding excess in any one thing except perhaps the upcoming 16-year-old breakfast. We've been living an active, not sedentary life, swimming, diving, rowing, paddling, sailing, hitting, serving, building, exploring, sweeping, washing, weeding, and on. We've been courageous in trying new things, taking on a challenging hike or a daring role on stage. We've been practicing wisdom and the exercise of good judgment, stopping and thinking before acting. We've been honest and trusting with one another and ourselves, leaving what we have unlocked and open. We've made loyal friends by being friendly and loyal. We have been happy. Activity of the soul in accordance with virtue throughout a complete life. That last bit, throughout a complete life, to me, that means that a complete life will not be filled every moment with happiness. There will be sadness, there will be hardship, but ultimately, if we embrace the values that bring out our best and that bring out the best in others, ultimately, a complete life will be a happy one. Many of you here today were supposed to be campers in 2020. For some of you here, that was supposed to be your 16-year-old summer. For some of you, it was meant to be your second, third, first summer here. For some of you, maybe it was the summer that you were going to tour Pasquani for the first time. Wherever you were that summer, you all lost things. You all lost time that you cannot recapture. Those of you who are here in 2021 can remember how hard it was to restart Pasquani that season, and particularly how hard our first week was. Raise your hand if you remember using a makeshift sink <coughs> nailed to the side of a building to brush your teeth. For those of you who started at Pasquani this year, think about how hard the beginning was. Maybe it was the first day, maybe the first week, 
Maybe it was when you realized how cold the cold showers really are. Now connect with how you feel today, in this moment. As you look back on the past several years, or the past six weeks, I hope you feel a deep sense of happiness, even though parts of those years were very, very difficult. The child in us, the child in us demands happiness every moment, like a mosquito buzzing around in our ears. The adult in us is like these pines above us and knows that our lives will have different seasons and that our purpose is to continue to strive upward after our best. Mr. Charlie once said that the first step in being happy is to rid ourselves of the notion that we somehow deserve to be happy without putting forth any effort that we must rid ourselves of the loud, blaring inner voice that says, me, and blames other people for our problems. He said no one ever became happy by saying, I want to be happy, and going directly after it. Instead, he said it was about embracing the opportunities in front of us, giving ourselves up to the service of others, and then all of a sudden, as if by accident, we will find ourselves happy. He spoke of happiness by indirection. We have a full and glorious week still in front of us. What an opportunity we have to create happiness for ourselves, to create happiness for others. What an opportunity we have to show our gratitude for this amazing summer we have been given so far by practicing kindness, by executing our responsibilities to the best of our ability until they are thoroughly finished, and through being a friend to others, developing friendships here that could last our lives. A Pasquani alum once wrote, the secret to Pasquani is other people. The secret to Pasquani is other people. <coughs> activity of the soul in accordance with virtue throughout a complete life. Let us rise and sing, How Can I Keep From Singing? Yeah.